If you've been following along and have never joined a design bootcamp, I'm going to encourage you to sign up. It's five hours of workshops and we have live versions going on often so you can come and ask questions. Go to www.designsuitecourses.com slash designbootcamp. If you've ever wondered why some designers make it and others don't, you'll want to come to an upcoming design bootcamp. In Design Bootcamp, I will show you how you too can become a designer. Once you have a realistic view on how to make money as a designer, you can use my formula to build a successful design business. Learn more at KarinaGardnerCourses.com slash Design Bootcamp. Welcome to the Make and Design Podcast. I'm your host, Karina Gardner. On this podcast, we're unraveling the everyday joys and dilemmas of design, making, and business. For makers who want to be designers and for designers who are makers, this is your inside scoop to help you grow your business and bring more creativity to your life. Today on the podcast and on YouTube, I have Danny Gregory, who's the owner of Sketch School. I think you guys are going to love this conversation. We are just chatting about creativity and drawing. So many of us are afraid of drawing, especially designers. We, we think that we do have to bypass it and go straight into the software, at least I do. And I think this is going to change your mind about how you can draw and how to get better at it. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Hey guys, I am so excited today because Danny and I are getting together just to chat about creativity, about drawing, about being an artist, being an illustrator. And we're just, we're going to kind of just chat today about it. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Um, I thought maybe we would start with Danny kind of talking about himself, what he does, and then I will as well. That would be great. Yeah, because we're going to be sharing this uh, recording on my channel, as well as your channel, Sketchbook School. Um, and so we are talking to different groups of people about the same thing. Um, so yeah, so I am a lot of things, but I'm probably primarily a writer. That's really um, my core competency. But I taught myself to draw when I was in my late 30s. And I was really interested in that experience of why we're afraid to draw and why we should learn and how we can learn and how in the end it is actually something that's incredibly valuable, not only as somebody who creates things and uses it as a tool to um, explore your creativity, but also just I think as a human being, how drawing can make you feel about the world around you, about your own life, can kind of connect you to the here and now. And so it's just had a lot of value to me and I kind of wanted to share that. So I ended up writing about it. And then ultimately I ended up creating a business called Sketchbook School, where we teach people to draw, but we also teach them how to paint and how to think like artists, how to be creative, um, whether it's taking a single course or joining our membership program where we do two or three hours of art classes every single day. So there's all different ways of engaging with your drawing. And so that's kind of the short version. I promise I would keep it short, but I can't help myself. Sorry. <laughs> you know what the best part is, is? I didn't realize you really consider yourself a writer. That's, that's really cool. I thought you were an artist or considered yourself one. You know, I think writers can be artists, but yes, I am. I mean, I've written a dozen books 
And ever since I was a little kid, I always wanted to write books. And I, for many years, was in advertising where I was a copywriter. So I was a writer. But I've always, you know, I, I'm, um, I guess I'm creative fluid, as they say, like, like gender fluid, I'm creative fluid. <laughs> between different different things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, well, let me tell you really quick about me. I'm Karina Gardner and, um, I am, I consider myself a designer, have a PhD in design, and I was a creative director of a scrapbooking company. So I'm really, really deep into crafting. I am a fabric designer as well for Riley Blake. And one of the things that really drew me to Danny is this whole idea that you can learn how to draw. I talk to people all the time about how they can learn how to design. But I don't really delve into the fact that you can learn how to draw. And so many people are scared of it. And I always tell people it's okay. Like we'll have the software, like the software will, I can teach you the software so you can get past it. But Danny goes even further and says like, no, you can learn how to draw on paper and pen, right? Eat like anytime. You want to talk about that? Yeah. I think, look, I think a lot of us cheat. Right. Ever since we were kids, you know, and I think it begin when let's go way back when you're five, six, seven, eight, everybody draws, you know, you may not draw like, you know, Da Vinci, but you can draw, uh, you can draw uh, your mom and dad, you can draw a dog, you can draw a mountain, you can draw a house, but you go and talk to the average 30 year old and say, draw a house, draw your mom. <laughs> Absolutely no way. Right. They're terrified. It's scary. What happens when you're a teenager, that's when that fear starts to set in and you suddenly think, I can't draw well enough. And then that becomes, I can't draw at all. What a lot of teenagers end up doing is tracing. So you say, okay, I'm gonna do a tracing. And sometimes you even pass that tracing off as if it was a drawing. Take a picture of your favorite you know, pop star, you trace it, you kind of transfer it, you figure out how to scrub you know, pencil on the back and then redraw the line so that it goes onto another piece of paper and then you paint then you kind of people say oh my god you draw so well and you sort of pretend that you did it's like being illiterate that's how i always thought of it you know you hear about people who never learned to, to read and they've kind of figured out how to fake their way through life it's the same thing and it's kind of crazy because it's really i think it's much harder probably to learn to draw to read as an adult than it is to draw so i think there are things that one can do, but because we end up tracing and we end up using a stencil or doing a transfer or doing all these other things, we just have this block that says, can't do it, can't do it. Even though you're incredibly creative in all these other ways and you learn how to use tools and you learn how to use materials, when it comes to drawing, can't do it. So that I was in that place too. I remember when I first had this instinct to want to start drawing, I started doing collage, cutting out like a head, pasting it down, and then sort of saying, well, maybe I could sort of draw a body on it or something. Those kinds of things you end up doing. And then I thought, well, why don't I just try and draw the thing? And a lot of that just comes down to drawing is really seeing, being able to see a thing and be able to draw the lines that make up that thing and being able to slow down and say, let me try and figure out what this thing is made of. And one of the techniques for learning to draw is um, by a, a, an art teacher named Mona Brooks. She wrote a book called Drawing for Children. And 
or drawing with children. And um, basically, she says there's an alphabet that you can learn, an alphabet of drawing. So you can say, okay, let me break this thing down into is that what is that line? Is that line a curve? Is it straight? Is it an angle? Is it a kind of an amorphous blob shape? Is it a circle? You can break it down to there's like eight different things. And so you just start looking at things and saying, what is that piece? What is that piece? What shape is that? I can draw that. Let me draw the shape next to it. Let me draw the shape next to it. Let me draw the shape next to it. The problem is, of course, the first time you do it, it looks terrible. And then you give up and you say, I have no talent. But the reality is that anything you learn that's new, you'll always suck at immediately. When you first do it, you'll always suck at it. And if you have enough of a desire to push past that, you will teach yourself and you will learn. But you why don't you, have to fail, right? Why, why do you think people give up after the first one? That, that's what I really want to know. What, like, what do you think the, the reason is for that? You know, I think it began again when you were 11. And there was always somebody else who could draw better, A. Or when you were 11, drawing was something little kids did, not what big kids did. So you immediately started thinking... If I'm spending my time doing that, um, then, you know, I'm acting like a baby. But also, your requirements for a drawing, you suddenly flip from comparing your drawings, if you even did when you were a little kid, to other little kids. Now you're comparing them with grown-ups. And you're looking at your drawing and you're saying, Does, is my drawing as good as a grown-up's? Well, a grown-up artist? No. Why would it be? You're 11. But because when we're that age, we have such a desire to be accepted, to compare ourselves with others, all those kinds of things, that it gets hardwired into us. And drawing becomes associated with all that putting yourself on display that happens when you're that age. And then when you're an adult, when frankly, you shouldn't care that much about that stuff, you just say, I don't want to embarrass myself, humiliate myself by doing a drawing that looks terrible. I don't know why. Why is this thing that we haven't done for years, that we didn't take classes in, that we didn't train ourselves, such a source of embarrassment and humiliation? I don't really get it. But I, don't you think it's though, because there are a few people out there that are like innately talented, or maybe they did it a lot when they were little. So they come up like drawing really well. And so we're always comparing ourselves to like the prodigy or like the person out there that's like been doing it all these years. And we think that it just needs to happen immediately for us right. too. I don't know. It, it is so bizarre. Drawing? But why only drawing? I mean, it's not like I say, you know what? I'd like, love to play tennis, but I'm comparing myself to, you know, a, the guy who won the U.S. Open. No, it's ridiculous. Why not? <laughs> I mean, so, so if I say to myself, you know what? I would play tennis, but I can't play like Roger Federer, so therefore I'm not going to play. Well, yeah. and you say, well, Roger Federer has so much talent. Yeah, but he also plays tennis like 11 hours a day and has since he was four. So, of course, he's better than you. Does that mean you shouldn't do it? No, you're not going to do it like him, but that's not the reason to do it. The reason to do it is to do it like you. And you have to get past this thing. And it's not that hard. Again, it's like with crafting, right? There's a million things that you learn to do. You go and you say, well, I don't know how to use this equipment. Well, I don't know how to you know, get that effect. Let me figure it out. Let me watch some YouTube videos. Let me take some classes. Let me get some books. Let me practice. Let me try a few times. Let me get better at it. Hey, now I can do it. Why is that any different? I don't know. Why, why doesn't it apply there? 
It is so interesting, but I agree with you. I think it feels scarier. Something from our own hand that feels raw that I'm like doing, it seems like we're just scared for anyone to see it. Even I'm like, I'm a designer and I illustrate a lot on the computer. Sometimes I'm terrified for anyone to see what I'm drawing on paper, even though it's fine, right? Like it's totally fine. I'd rather them see what my finished product looks like rather than what I've kind of scribbled all over my papers. It is an interesting thing. It is. Maybe I, it feels well, a little more vulnerable. I think there's another factor, okay, which is how we in our society see artists. Because you can go to other cultures where there isn't um, a large industry around art, okay? So in our culture, there are galleries, there are museums, there are auction houses. There's definitely a reason to separate professional artists and non-art makers, right? So if you take a professional artist and you say, okay, we want to sell their stuff for a lot of money. And the way we're gonna do that is by making it scarce and by anointing certain people as the people who make art and then everybody else the person who can look at art and that's about it. So as a result, there, if you attempt to be an artist, there's a lot of stuff around you that's going to say, what are you, an artist? You know, are you going to starve? Are you willing to make all the sacrifices you need to make it be an artist? And we have a lot of things built into our culture that say, don't be an artist. It's a dangerous thing to do. And so it's just fraught with all this stuff when really it's, a, it's basically a mechanical, physical act. A lot of it is. Can you move your hand with a pen in it on a piece of paper and have light waves pass into your eyes, go through your brain, go down your arms and into the pen? Can you do that often enough that it becomes fluid and easy? You're not going to be the greatest drawer in the world, but that doesn't matter. You can be perfectly good. And yet, taking that first step rings all these alarm bells, whether it's social pressure from when you were a teenager or societal pressure against artists. So it all combines to be terrifying and just say, oh, forget it. I'll just trace it. Yeah. But Interesting. Okay. Tell me, because I'm actually curious about your, your membership and you do lots of art classes like every day, right? Mm -hmm. Like, do you guys spend a lot of time just in the actual drawing process? Or are you guys doing lots of different mediums? Yeah, so we do uh, we do a lot of watercolor, we do gouache, um, we draw all kinds of different sorts of things. So we make art of flowers, or we do nature journaling. Um, but we also we have a class in writing, we have a class in in uh, cartooning. Um, I teach a class that's called Art Before Breakfast, which is just about sort of getting into art making and doing drawings and learning some learning some of the fundamental stuff, but also going over those fundamentals. We have a class called Drawing Fundamentals, actually, which is the word the letter fun is capitalized because it's how can we make, because a lot of times we think about drawing classes as being, oh my God, what a nightmare. You think about opening a book on how to draw, and right in the first pages are drawing cones and spheres and how to sharpen pencils. There's all kinds of like fundamental stuff or how to take up an egg and draw lines across it so it looks like a head. All that kind of stuff is nightmarish because it's so boring. It's like playing scales on the piano. It just, ugh, when do I actually get to draw something that looks good? 
And a lot of times you just give up halfway through that stuff. So how can you make it so that it's fun and interesting? That's a lot of what we try to do um, is to just integrate it into your life. We have classes on illustrated journaling. We have classes on mixed media, um, all kinds of stuff, urban sketching. There's so many different things that you can do with drawing. It's not just about learning drawing skills, but it's about drawing activities as much as anything. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I love this because, so this is, we're going to put this on my podcast and my YouTube channel. And so many of you here that are with me, you're designers or you're trying to be designers and you're trying to get to that next step or you're crafters who are becoming designers. And so often I think the process, you know, of feeling like, do I have to illustrate everything? And like, you're like trying to figure out ways not to illustrate everything when it's such a great base core of design. Cause if you can illustrate the things, it will bring out your own uniqueness. It will show like why you're such an important piece of this art world and design world. And so I, I just love everything Danny's talking about. Cause for me, when you can get, like, I will tell you, I didn't feel like I could draw until probably I would say about nine or 10 years ago. And I have a PhD in design and I was a creative director. I mean, it took that long for me. And it was when I opened, I have another company called mini Lou and we did coloring books for kids. And we actually had these amazing deals with like Nordstrom and um, peak clothing and 500 independent stores, but it took me owning that company and starting to really sit down to draw these coloring books for me to be like, wait, I can draw. This is not as like, it was really hard for me to identify as someone who was an artist. And I still kind of struggle with that. Don't don't you think that's an identity issue? I guess so. I mean, you asked me if I'm an artist, I don't know, maybe, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, I think an artist is somebody who makes art. You can be a bad artist, but you can still be an artist. You know, I, think, <laughs> I, think for, I think if you're a designer, I think another reason to think about drawing is you have ideas in your head. And sometimes your head can be like a computer without a printer. So you have ideas in your head, but how do you get them out? How do you get them onto the paper? Well, having, you know, and I'm just saying, talking about a concept, you know, a layout, a design. It doesn't have to be a final piece of art, but just being able to express yourself. If you're, if you're a movie director, let's say, and you are terrified to draw, well, how do you convey what your shot is going to look like? You know, if you're, if you're a, a graphic designer, I know so many graphic designers who are terrified of drawing. I know architects who are terrified of drawing. And I think, what a handicap, because you have this idea in your head and then you have to explain it to the world what it is and you can do it in words or you can go and find something that looks kind of like it and then you can manipulate that. But if you want to be an original and if you want to express yourself, this is the language that you do it in. This is how you get it out of your head and onto the paper. And if you're so terrified to build that little link, how are you going to really realize your potential? How are you really going to fulfill yourself and get your ideas into the world? This is the language of doing that. you got to learn it. You know, so again, it's like traveling to a foreign country. Yeah, you need to speak the language. And this is the language of all forms of creativity, really, um, come down to drawing. Drawing is so fundamental. And it's also one of the few skills that is really innate in us. We are born with it as children. We actually do it. If you've ever spent time with a kid and a box of crayons, you see that joy of creativity. You see that thing going on and you connect back to it. 
You've got to look at your own life and say, what happened that cut that cord? Who was it? Did somebody say something mean to me? What happened that I suddenly associate that joyful activity with panic and, you know, feeling bad? It shouldn't. Yeah. Agreed. A hundred percent. So tell me what you would tell someone who was, who didn't, who wanted to become an, or not an artist, maybe do they just want to learn how to draw? They just want to get first, like what's first steps? Like clearly there's like a mindset shift around it, right? Like that you will be able to do it, but then, then what, what do you do next? Get a sketchbook, get a pen, not a pencil, but a pen and look in the mirror and draw yourself terrifying because you have to look at yourself but just do a drawing of yourself that you don't have to show anybody else that's one of the things i like about sketchbooks is you can do a drawing turn the page nobody has to ever see it but do a drawing of yourself or if that's too panic too filled with dread do a drawing of your hand do a drawing of the coffee mug in front of you and just slow down and really think about it and commit to yourself and say you know what i'm going to carry this sketchbook with me for a week and anytime I have some downtime, five minutes that I would be spending scrolling Facebook or looking at Instagram, let me spend five minutes just drawing whatever is in front of me. Draw what's on your table. You go to a restaurant, you're ordering food, you're sitting with a couple of friends, pull out your sketchbook, draw the plates and the knives and forks on the table. Just do those kinds of things. It doesn't matter. You're not making art. You're just training yourself to see and slow down and go, you know what? Okay, this drawing looks weird. Why is the bottom of this mug it's actually, oh, it's on a flat on a table, but it's actually round. Why is it round? Let me just look at that. Start measuring things. Start looking, noticing where does this line intersect that line. There's a whole bunch of little things that you can do and just keep practicing them until they become second nature. It won't really take you that long. Honestly, the dramatic leaps forward that you'll make in a week or two of this are incredible. When you're watching TV, a commercial comes on, if anybody watches commercials anymore, but if a commercial comes on, Take your um, remote control and freeze the frame. Draw what's on the frame. Spend three minutes doing that. Fast forward, your show's back on, keep going. So when you freeze frame, it might be a person, it might be a car, it might be a mountain, it might be whatever it is. Just do a drawing of that little thing. Do it in a little square. It doesn't have to be a giant panoramic thing. Just a little drawing. You know, you could do it on, a, you could carry a little thing of post-its with you and do it on a post-it. You've done the drawing, throw it away. Don't carry it around if you want to, but don't judge it. Just do it and then do another one. And then do these little tiny drawings and pretty soon you'll start to say to yourself, this isn't bad, this is kind of fun. But yeah. if it isn't fun, do it anyway. Just do it a few more times. Wait, I don't think I've heard anyone say, like if it's not fun, just do it anyway. Well, are you doing it to have fun? Okay, great. But if it's not fun, ask yourself why. The reason it's why it's not fun is because you're judging yourself. The voice in your head mm -hmm. is saying, this sucks, you suck, you can't do this, I don't know what that guy was talking about, blah, blah, blah. That's not fun. So shut that voice off and go back to, I'm five years old, my mom's cooking dinner, I'm sitting at the kitchen table with a, with a box of crayons and I'm drawing. Go back to that moment and just push yourself through it. Again, it's like getting into shape, you know? The first time you go and exercise, it's not fun. It sucks. You're terrible at it. Do it anyway. You know, yeah. the first time you learn to cook something, you cut yourself, you burned it. It was terrible. Push through that. The first time you do this, it will be bad. That's not the point. The point is to push past it so it gets good.
but it's going to start out bad. Oh, that was so good. Like what you just, if you guys are watching this or listening, like that was so gold right there because so many people won't push past the point of uncomfortable, right? I think it's really difficult to push past that point. The other thing you said that I thought was interesting is to use a pen, not a pencil. I'm assuming that's so you can't erase things. Tell me, tell me yeah. about that. When you draw with a pencil, you're drawing with an eraser, right? It's like command Z, you know, let me undo it. If you, if you're drawing with a pen, you will force yourself to slow down because you're kind of like a bit more nervous. You will um, make lines that have more confidence over time. Another thing is, if you're drawing with a pencil, a lot of times you'll do these shaggy lines, approximations, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's kind of like stuttering, where you say, or or it's like saying, like, I like totally like, and I like, like, you know, you're saying, putting in all these fillers to approximate it, because one of those lines is probably right, so let me put down 20, and with a pen, you just, you'll force yourself to slow down and to make one line. Again, it doesn't matter. You don't need to erase it because the mistake is fine. Just draw another line on top of it. It doesn't matter. Throw it away. Draw it on a post-it. Throw it away. It doesn't matter about making it perfect. Crafters love perfection. Yes, right? we do. We you do love, love to, it. <laughs> you love to tweak it and keep doing it, and let's try this, let's move it back an inch, let's move it back. Great, but you never get anywhere if you're always in perfectionist mode. You never actually make anything. But with drawing, don't worry about that. It's, it's going to suck. In fact, try and make it bad. Here's a thought. Make it bad, and if it's good, you failed. And if it's bad, you succeeded. Okay? Make 100 bad drawings, then you'll make a good one. But start out, don't worry about whether it's good or not. That's not the point. Yeah. Oh gosh. That is so, so good. One of the things you said, Danny, that I'm really loving that I, um, we talk all the time about in design is how, how to really think like a designer, but I think we could change it to how to think like a drawer or an artist when you're talking about the curvature in the mug and all those things. And one of the things we say is if you're not thinking in shape, you're not thinking right. And so like looking at the world, not as, as identifying the actual objects, but seeing all the shapes involved, because once you break things down into shapes, it's less scary. If you can see the cylinder, you're like, oh, I can draw the cylinder, right? If you see the single curve line, I can draw the single curve line. That is so much less scary than drawing a mug. So drawing a mug sounds overwhelming and complex, right? Versus the individual pieces. Maybe not to you, but I, like, I will say like when I'm sitting and I'm looking at a piece and I'm thinking, dang it, how do I become maybe not Van Gogh, but thinking about those still artists, Dutch artists, like, and they've got these beautiful still prints. I was, I was just in New York at the Met looking at some of these and going, dang it, like, could I ever do that? Maybe not. But like at the end of the day, it's all about shape, Right. Everything is lines and shapes and angles. I mean, that's what it is, particularly when you're drawing. I mean, when you're painting, it's a bit more complex, but when you're drawing, draw one thing and then draw the thing next to it and then draw the thing above it and the thing below it and just keep spiraling out. You know, so if you want to draw a flower, look at the center of the flower and draw one of those little shapes, then draw the shape above it next and, and you eventually you spiral out and you will have drawn whole thing you can draw a bookshelf with 100 books on it and you might look at that and say that's incredibly complicated i couldn't do it well you could draw one rectangle which is the spine of one book surely 
Now draw the one next to it. And everything can be drawn that way. So you can draw a face, you know, I mean, you can draw one eye and then you can draw the space between the, that eye and the next eye. And then you can draw the nose in between. You can break things down into their pieces and then slowly work your way across. There may be times when it's out of proportion. There may be times where the pieces are wonky and they don't line up and fine. Maybe that still looks cool or maybe you need to just do it again. It doesn't really matter. It's about the process. This is one of my favorite thoughts is it's called drawing, not drawn, right? It's about the act of drawing. It's about the present. I'm here and I am drawing. The thing that I drew is called a drawing, but the actual act of drawing is a present thing. It's a gerund. You're doing it now. So if you focus on that, that act of drawing, rather than thinking about the thing that's going to hang on a frame in the wall or it's going to be turned into some craft project, just be here now and look at this thing and break it down into its pieces. It's, it's, it's that simple, honestly. You can read millions of books, takes millions of courses, but in the end, it comes down to slowing down and thinking and not judging and just transcribing what you see. Yeah. So incredibly good. Oh, this has been so fun to talk to you, Danny. Um, if you're on my podcast or my YouTube channel and you want to find out more about Danny, Danny, will you tell everyone where they can find everything art, everything fun about drawing? Sure. Well, you can come to, if you're on YouTube, come to the Sketchbook School channel. School is spelled with a K. S-K-O-O-L, because we're a weird kind of school. It's not a normal school, so that's why it's it's not art school. It's sketchbook school. So come to just come and check that out. I put out, uh, I write video, I write essays every week. I write a couple of essays, and they're free, and I send them out to people. But I also make video essays, and they're on our channel. We also have lots of kind of classes, uh, tutorials and how-to videos about drawing and painting. You can see all that kind of stuff. I also do a class, uh, not a class, but a a fun event every Thursday um, called Draw With Me. And it's every Thursday, nine o'clock Pacific on YouTube, come and we just draw something. I, you'll see me do really bad drawings and it's still fun. Um, so yeah, so those are all things. Or you could go to sketchbookschool.com where we have our workshops and our classes and our membership, all kinds of stuff. Oh, amazing, so Now awesome. Karina, what about you? because we're going to be sharing this on, on oh that's true too. Yes, so um, tell me a bit about about your your you can come check out so we talk i talk mostly about design i i love craft i love design you're going to see a lot of what we're doing in the craft world um fabric world quilting and stuff over on my youtube channel um which is just karina gardner c-a-r-i-n-a gardner um and if you like podcasts i really recommend you come check out make and design with karina gardner it's on all the podcast platforms um seems like most of my people love to hang out with me on the podcast uh i have lots of amazing guests like danny come on and i'm also there just roaring about design because i'm obsessed with it i love good design um, and I love talking about becoming a designer. So it's really fun. So if you're looking for my website, it's karinagardner.com. And uh, we'll make sure and give you a link in the podcast episode and the YouTube channel, as well as all of Danny's stuff so that you can go. I'm like, I'm really curious now about this Thursday draw with me. That sounds awesome. It's live. I'm assuming it's live. Oh, yeah. It's, That's, live. it's usually almost an hour long. And we just, 
what are we drawing? Um, last week, uh, well, we're going to be drawing, I think we're going to be drawing um, Vincent van Gogh, a portrait of Vincent van Gogh next week. We drew the Mona Lisa a few weeks ago. And you go, That's oh my so God, fun. I had them drawing the Mona Lisa. That's terrifying. And we had people who literally had never drawn before drawing the Mona Lisa. So, oh, that's so fun. Well, I just said I was in New York. I just saw Starry Starry Night for the first time ever in the MoMA. And that was really, really fun. So, and I was just thinking about, you know, the art classes my kids have taken and they've done like a Van Gogh day, you know, like, you know, where you would do a certain artist. So I think that's really fun that you're doing that with everyone on YouTube. So you guys should go check that out. That'll be awesome. We also drew fire engines last week too. So it's all kinds of stuff. (laughs) I like it. I like it. It's eclectic. Okay, well, I just appreciate you guys coming and hanging out with Danny and me. We lo- we love talking about design. We love talking about art. We love talking about drawing. If you are someone who is creative and are looking for um, just new ways to kind of outpour that creativity, for sure, come check out my channel. Come check out Danny's channel. And we're here to support your creativity. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for being here. And um I also forgot that I have a podcast too. Yeah. To start a new season. <laughs> it's called Art for All, and it's also available wherever fine podcasts are made. I think one of the things about being a creative person is you can't stop finding new ways to be creative, right? So to me, it's like making podcasts, making videos, and writing essays and drawing, of course. There's just so many different directions. I think that's the key is have fun and make stuff. Don't worry if it's any good, because the fact is that even making bad stuff is good for you. It's good for your for your soul. It's good for your health. It's good for your brain. You know, it's we are meant to create and creating bad stuff. It turns out scientists have shown this, that making bad art has the same emotional, spiritual uh, therapeutic effects as making good art. So don't worry about that part of it. Just make but, it. Well, and who says that what is bad and what is good, right? Van Gogh was pretty bad during his time, according to artists of the day, right? So True. that's the whole judgment thing you're talking about. We're spending all this time not, judging. Yeah, don't worry about it. Just make some stuff.